Hello and welcome to Handelsbank and Insights. I'm Daniel Marnie. On this week's episode, we're going to look at inflation attitudes, both shown in the Bank of England Agent Survey and the Bank of International Settlements report. We're also going to look at why central banks' balance sheets are now going to cause debt burdens for various governments, and we'll conclude looking at the construction sector. And today, I'm delighted to be joined by James Floor, Handelsbank and UK's Chief Economist, So James, let's kick off from the inflation picture. We've obviously got inflation numbers coming out next week. Quite stubborn inflation at the moment. But as I said in the prelude, we've got some data on what people's attitudes are towards inflation. What's that showing us? Right. Looking at the the data now, so this is uh, data gathered by the Bank of England agents. So these are people based around the country uh, and they go and they talk to business people and they they gauge their views on everything from how easy is it to finding labor? What are you doing about pricing? What are you doing about uh, your competitors, et cetera? So it's a very, very good survey and it does help inform the Monetary Policy Committee as to uh, what they they may be making decisions on uh, tightening uh, policy or not. One of the things they were saying quite clearly is that um, there has been a a real feeling of... um, People do not expect inflation to fall away as quickly as either the bank would like or even as they thought uh, about a year ago. So we, we look at a year ago, people was a 50-50 chance of the Bank of England moving uh, interest rates or, or having inflation fall to between 1% and 3%. And now it's more like 2 to 1%. And so they are expecting to see higher inflation longer. Now, this matters a lot because, of course, um, how people expect inflation to move is a very, very uh, good way of anticipating the way in which it, it may well move. Because, for instance, uh, if bosses think that inflation is going to remain higher for longer and employees are saying, I would like a pay increase, um, they're more likely to say, well, it, inflation is a problem. I will actually give you that 5 6% pay increase because I don't think it's going to fall away to what the Bank of England would like. Now, this matters uh, both because that that is inflationary itself and because, as Andrew Bailey has been saying, you know, he wants companies to resist giving those pay increases, well, that seems increasingly unlikely. And as a result, we think inflation is going to fall away more slowly than anticipated. And that's something we've been thinking for quite some time. And remember that real uh, pay rises or real earnings have been negative since November 2021. And so the fact that they're, they're likely to go, and we're going to see that some new data coming out next, next week or so, they're likely to see pay becoming positive. And that, of course, is going to be seen as for, by some people as an inflationary signal and may well be tempting the Bank of England to respond by putting up rates either that much faster or, in fact, leaving them a bit higher for longer. We'll have to see how that turns out. But my own suspicion will be that a, a bit of positive pay growth after a prolonged period of negative pay growth is not the end of the world, but I'm not just sure the Bank of England is going to see it that way. There's another point here as well, which is that one of the things we've seen coming through has been, certainly in the press recently, should we actually be keeping and maintaining that uh, 2% target level for inflation? Now, Bank of England has been clearly facing a pretty challenging time with with the inflation targeting. It's been well above target for some time. But does that mean that actually maybe the 2% target is is past its sell-by date? And the answer from from businesses is quite clearly no. They want that 2% target to be maintained. And anything, they're looking for it to be um, that much more strictly adhered to. And so, interestingly, even though we've got clearly quite quite strong inflation at the moment, and they really, really do want to see that number being being lent down upon and the Bank of England to be getting on with its primary job, which is keeping prices stable. I mean, how realistic is that? I mean, if we look at what the Bank of England thinks inflation will be, they think it won't get back to target by 2025. And since then, we've obviously had inflation overshooting persistently. Uh, so do you think the position on that might change? 
one of the big challenges for the Bank of England, of course, is that you know, they, they really have, they have a number of policy tools, but they have one of, of overriding um, uh, importance and, and overriding um, impact, and that is interest rates. And, um, you know, that is affecting one part of the economic equation. And when you're trying to affect the supply side through interest rates, it's operating at a, at a bit of a distance. And so you're, you're using your best tool possible, but it's not going to be all that great on, on pushing down inflation, particularly something like wage rate. It has to, to work through, I'm going to decrease demand, and by decreasing demand, I'm going to have companies pulling back. So there's, there's, it's at one remove, and, and that makes it difficult. Uh, and so, you know, I do have some sympathy with, you know, monetary policy people in terms of you know, the one tool they have isn't all that great at addressing the challenges they're facing right now. Okay, it'll be very interesting to see how that develops over the next year. James, one of the big issues that Western governments are also facing is obviously high debt to GDP ratios. This at the moment isn't being helped by the fact that governments are having to plug financial gaps in central banks. Uh, can you just explain why is, why is that the case? Why are governments having to do this? When we look at central banks' balance sheets, they've gone up a lot since the global financial crisis. They've more or less doubled over the, the course of the last 15 years. And the, the central banks are, are now all looking to reduce quantitative tightening uh, their, their central bank balance sheets. Now, let's remember, bonds. What is bond? A bond is fixed interest and the, the capital sum varies. And a bank debt, that's a fixed capital and the interest rate varies. So what the central banks have done is they issued bonds with a fixed interest and the capital value capital valuations varied, and the banks have taken the money, and they've in some cases deposited the money back in with the central banks. So they're looking at variable interest rates. Now those interest rates have been going up, and of course that's costing the banks a, a lot of money, the central banks a lot of money. So at the moment, what's happened has been that the interest rate is now above the level of of the the um, uh, bond rate, which is remember fixed. So. We've seen a situation where the banks, the central banks themselves, are running into some real problems. Last week, we had uh, the Bundesbank in Germany um, running into some questions in various media sources saying, uh, is this going to be a real problem for them? And I'm absolutely certain that the German parliament, German government, will stand behind the Bundesbank. Just exactly the same issue here in the UK. It doesn't matter whether it's Labour or Conservatives in power. Quite clearly, the government of the day will stand behind the Bank of England. Absolutely. But it will also be expensive for the Treasury, and this is going to add to that debt burden they've got. So governments around the world are facing a real issue. You know, there just isn't the money there. They've all got quite high tax rates. They've all got a lot of expectations as, as to where they're going to spend their money. And the idea of just borrowing more money when you've already borrowed a lot is increasingly difficult. So it's a, it's a very, very difficult circle to square. And I think it's going to be something that's going to be more and more prevalent over the next year. Um, this is an issue we obviously addressed in our report on quantitative tightening. Listeners might be interested in some figures on this. The OBR thinks it will cost the UK Treasury 130 billion over the next six years. And that's when they thought interest rates weren't going to go up as much as they are at the moment. So this is obviously going to be a very, very difficult issue for, for Treasuries to square around the Western world. And I suppose a double-edged sword as well, when interest rates were very low, governments were making money from this arrangement. Now interest rates are going up. It's quite the reverse. So um, that's uh, yeah, perhaps another lesson for, for policymakers. James, in conclusion, the construction sector, we know that the housing market is facing a bit of a bit of a challenge at the moment. There's been a bit of a correction, about 4% fall, but we're expecting that to go further. How is that affecting the construction sector in this country? Well, it's interesting what's happening. So uh, as you say, about 4% fall, we had some, some pretty big falls out of Halifax last week. We are still expecting a peak to trough fall of at least 8% 
in nominal terms. And it will be bigger in real terms. Of course, of course, to get to the real terms, you have to add inflation into that. And in fact, I think inflation may well be helping us slightly here because it will be hiding the full effect of the decline in house prices for, for most people. And that will eventually allow consumer spending to recover a bit faster than it would have otherwise. But getting back to your main point, which was what's happening in the construction sector, for most people, remember two-thirds of people in the country own their own homes, owner-occupied, it's their biggest asset, and therefore they don't want to take a loss on their biggest asset. So if the prices seem to be declining and they're thinking about selling, they're very, very tempted to sit on their hands until prices recover, which is all well and sensible. The exception to that, of course, the people who are having to, to, to pay up straight away is people work, working in construction. So for a lot of construction firms, if they don't see the prices they were expecting coming through, there's every temptation to not bother to start the construction to begin with. And certainly if you've already got, say, if you the, the, the builder who's just finished uh, a development of 100 or so units and you've got a bank breathing down your neck, you are not in the position to just sit on your hands for a year. You've got to actually start to, to sell some of those houses off. You're the ones who are going to see the, the biggest downturn in those prices paid. So I do expect to see house prices falling. I do expect to see liquidity falling even more because people won't want to crystallize the loss. And so we're going to sit for the next period of time in a market which looks particularly soft. Now, a number of things going on with that as well. New builds, particularly, as I say, it's feeling that pressure. What we haven't seen so far has been a falling away in wage rates for people within the construction industry. And I think that that's probably indicative of the pretty tight labor market we've got across the UK as a whole. Uh, we have certainly seen a number of builders who may have come from Eastern Europe and other places. They've gone home during the pandemic. They haven't come back. That's left the labor market tight. But if the construction industry does soften as much as we're expecting over the next year or so, we're likely to see uh, a bit more pressure on that as well. So maybe maybe those wage rates will come down a bit as there's a bit more slack in the market and we can see a bit of inflationary pressure not building up, at least in the, in the housing sector. Excellent, James. Thank you very much for those insights as always. And if you've liked what you've heard, don't forget to rate us on the app where you're listening because it helps other people find us. And you may also want to share this episode on social media. We look forward to you joining us next time.